It requires faith though. You have to believe what this word says. You have to believe. And when you believe and when you read it by faith, you can't but experience humility. You can't but experience thankfulness. I mean, it brings you to your knees to think about, I'm not worthy. I didn't deserve that. He took my place. When you think about that, and to know that I didn't earn it, so why am I requiring others to earn it from me? I don't know about you, but I'm ready to walk in victory. You got to know who you are. You got to know what God says about you. And don't you let anybody tell you otherwise. You stand on the word of God. Word of God. I like to get to the foundation of things. So we're going to get into the foundation of forgiveness. And we are going to talk about forgiveness before Christ. And in parentheses, forgiveness earned. Okay, so we're going to look at that. This is going to be probably a little bit different um, because I'm going to read a lot of my notes that I have taken. We're going to read um, in Leviticus. We're going to be in Leviticus a lot today. Um, and the, the heart behind this study today is so that we really understand what forgiveness looked like before Christ. So then next week when we look at forgiveness after Christ, we will have a greater appreciation. This is really going to show us the value of what he did. Um, and I really believe that in order for us to truly embrace and truly understand how big forgiveness is and how big uh, what Christ did for us, how big it is, we really have to look at uh, what had to take place before him and what he was willing to step into on our behalf because of his love for us. Okay, so I'm going to do my best to not skip ahead to that and really just focus on uh, looking at, we're going to be looking at a, the sacrificial system in the law of Moses today. Now we're at Leviticus and Leviticus uh, 19 verse 1 says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Say to all the congregation of the children of Israel, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. So we had to be holy because he was holy. And in order for us to be in right relationship, in order for them to be in right relationship, and for us now to be in right relationship with God, we have to be holy. We have to be now in right standing with him. God cannot face anything that is unclean. He cannot have relationship and be in fellowship with anything that is unclean. Um, and so we know because of the sin of Adam and Eve, now we are unclean in our natural state. But because of Christ, now we are. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. It's, it's very hard because everything leads to the cross. So it's gonna be kind of difficult for me to to, to leave that out. Um, this actually took place. Uh, this location um, in, in Leviticus took place at Mount Sinai. And what happened was the children of Israel. Um, what 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 originally started this was that the children of Israel sinned against God with the golden calf, and God could not be in fellowship with them anymore because they were now worshiping another God. Um, and so Moses had to create a place for God to dwell. Um, so, um, so what happened was, and in this time, Israel had left slavery and was heading toward the promised land. Um, so that's kind of what was going on in this time period. Um, so now we're going to look at, and I hope I hope I answered, I was trying to make sure I would answer any other questions with that. Um, now we're going to go into what was required 
to earn forgiveness before Christ? What was required to earn forgiveness before Christ? So here we go. The first thing was, um, and we're going to look at as it pertains to forgiveness of our sins, there had to be a sin that was committed. Okay, so we're going to go to Deuteronomy 6 and 24. All right, Deuteronomy 6 and 24 says, So the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, so all, all the law, to fear and worship the Lord our God with awe-filled reverence and profound respect for our good always, and so that he might preserve us alive as it is today. It will be considered righteousness for us, that is, right standing with God, if we are careful to observe all this commandment before the Lord our God, just as he has commanded us. So it wasn't some of the law, all the law. If you fulfilled all the law, then you were made righteous. Then you were in right standing with God. Well, that was impossible. So there was sin all the time, unconsciously, subconsciously, consciously, I mean, there was sin all the time. So that was required for sin forgiveness. Sin had to be present, and it was. So the other thing, what was required to, to earn forgiveness? A payment. A payment for the penalty. The, uh, it was, was, the penalty was for sin. So we're going to go to Leviticus 1. And we're going to go to verse 1, 1 through 4. Leviticus 1. The Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of domestic animal from the herd, cattle, oxen, or from the flock, um, sheep, and goats. If his offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he shall offer a male without blemish, he shall offer it at the doorway of the tent of meeting so that he may be accepted before the Lord. He shall lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering, transferring symbolically his guilt to the sacrifice that it may be accepted for him to make atonement on his behalf. So there had to be a payment. Something had to be offered. Okay. Um, the next thing that was required for forgiveness is death. Death was the penalty for sin. Something had to die, and that was the penalty for, for sin. Another thing that is required to earn forgiveness is blood and the shedding of blood. And let's look at Leviticus 17, verse 11, the shedding of blood. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by reason of the life, which it represents. So the shedding of the blood, the blood is necessary. The blood has to be there. We're going to also look at Hebrews 9 and 18. Let's flip this here. Hebrews 9 and 18 says, so even the first covenant, and this is what we're talking about, was not put in force without the shedding of blood. 
So blood is necessary and the shedding of the blood is necessary um, and is required to earn forgiveness. Okay, another thing that is required to earn forgiveness before Christ was the high priest. We're going to go back to Leviticus. And we're going to do Leviticus 16. And I just kind of want to lay these points out for you so you can see all the detail that is necessary for forgiveness before Christ. The high priest 16 verse 17 there shall be no person in the tent of meeting when the high priest goes in to make atonement in the holy place within the veil until he comes out so that he may make atonement for himself, his own sins and for his household and for all the congregation of Israel. So a high priest is necessary, you know, is required for forgiveness before Christ. An altar is also required. You got to have that. And then a life without blemish or spotless, so an animal or some sort of sacrifice that is perfect. Um, fire, you need fire, that's God's presence. The tent of meeting, which represents God's dwelling place. And like I was telling you before, you know, when Moses came down off of the mount, after, off, um, off of the mount and the children of Israel worshiping a gold calf, God said, I can no longer look at them. I can no longer dwell with, be, dwell with them and be in their presence. So Moses had to create a tent of meeting. And this was the first representation of the tabernacle. Okay. Um, and so again, just to run that over, if you're taking notes. So what was required to earn forgiveness before Christ? Some of the points. So you needed sin, payment, death, blood, high priest, an altar, a life or sacrifice, fire, and tent of meeting. Okay, so now we're going to look a little bit in more detail about this. And again, this is so important because if you don't understand the value that Christ took on to him, you're not really going to understand how important forgiveness is in our life. Okay, okay, so what was, uh, we're going to look at what the sacrificial system of sin offering kind of looked like. And there's different type of offerings. There is the burnt offering. And the burnt offering was offered in the morning and evening and on special days. And it was for anything unclean to be made clean. And then there was a grain offering, which is also meant the meat offering. And that was an offering from the harvest of the land. Um, and it was the only type of offering that there was no bloodshed required. And then there's the peace offering. The peace offering is or well-being was to be brought in response to an unexpected blessing. So a thankful Thanksgiving offering or an answer to a prayer or free will offering. And then you have the sin offering, which was purification. Um, it purified the sanctuary from sin that was committed unintentionally and thereby allowed God to continue to dwell with his people. And then there's the guilt offering, which is the trespass um, and the repartation um, is also a sin offering. It's the guilt. The guilt offering was um was concerned supremely with uh, restitution. So anything that you did that was illegal, um, and that there's a whole list of what that means. Um, so I wanted us to kind of look at an example so we can really, really dig in. My hopes is that I kind of paint this picture for you to really see what was truly required for us to get forgiven. Okay, we're going to look at Leviticus 4. 
And I encourage you, um, before we go into next week's Bible study, to really spend time in Leviticus with these lens of what Christ stepped into. He decided to step into this. He said, I will go because of his love for us. That's so good to me. And I, you know, it makes me emotional because it's like when you really understand when he said, I will do this because I love them, I will go and I will be that ultimate sacrifice. Um, you really, you know, until you really understand what that means, you really can't grasp this, this love of God. And that's why love, we talked about love last month and then forgiveness, they go so hand in hand. Okay, so we are going to look at, um, we're going to read here. Uh, let's start at verse 1. And this is just an example. Again, there's many examples of, of sin offering, guilt offering that you could read and that you can study. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel. If a person sins unintentionally in any of the things which the Lord has commanded not to be done and commits any of them unintentionally. So that means you're not really trying to, but you, you do it. You're still guilty. You're still guilty. If the anointed priest sins, bringing guilt on the people, then he shall offer to the Lord a young bull without blemish as a sin offering for the sin he has committed. He shall bring the bull to the doorway of the tent of meeting before the Lord. He shall lay his hands on the bull's head, transferring symbolically his guilt to the sacrifice and kill the bull before the Lord. Then the anointed priest is to make some of the bull's blood, take some of the bull's blood and bring it into the tent of meeting. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle some of it seven times before the Lord in front of the veil curtain of the sanctuary. The priest shall also put some of the blood on the horn of the altar of fragrant incense, which is before the Lord in the tent of meeting. All the rest of the blood of the bull he shall pour out at the base of the altar of the burnt offering, which is at the doorway of the tent of meeting. He shall remove all the fat from the bull of the sin offering, the fat that covers the entrails and all the fat which is on the entrails and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them at the loins and the lobe of the liver, which he shall remove with the kidneys. Just as these are removed from the ox of the sacrifice of peace offering and the priest and the priest is to offer them up in smoke on the altar of burnt offering. Um, but the hide of the bull and all its meat with its heads, its legs, its entrails, and, it, and its refuse, that is all the rest of the bull, he is to bring out the camp to a clean place where the ashes are poured out and, and burn it on a fire of wood where the ashes are poured out, um, poured out it shall be burned. Okay. Then I want to skip to, well, actually, I wanted to read this too. This is, well, I actually want to skip to verse 20. So it, it goes on, the, the next part, chapter, thir, I mean, verse 13 goes on to say, if the whole generation sin, I mean, the whole generation, the whole congregation of Israel sins unintentionally, and the matter escapes the notice of the assembly, so they don't know, 
and they have done any one of the things, just one, any one of the things that the Lord commanded them not to do, and they become guilty when the sin which they have committed becomes known, so they don't know, but then it becomes known, then the congregation shall offer a young bull and um, as a sin offering and, and bring it before the tent of the meeting. And then the process, and then it says, and somewhere, I can't remember, I think verse five, it says, on the day that the sin has been committed. That's every day, every day. Oh my goodness. Okay, and then it goes on. So it, it tells the process of what they have to do. And then verse 20, he shall also do with the bull, just as he did with the bull of the sin offering. That is what he shall do with this. So the priest shall make atonement for the sin of the people and they will be forgiven. Then the priest is to bring the bull outside the camp, burn it as he burns the first bull. It is the sin offering for the congregation. Okay, so we're going to break this down. So I'm going to go back through and I actually wrote my notes. So you have a young bull and it has to be without blemish. And this bull is going to be uh, the sin offering, okay? And the bull will take on the sins. So remember we said, what are the things that are required? A life. So the, the bull is that life, right? Okay, and then you have to bring the bull to the doorway, the tent of, the tent of meeting of the Lord. So the doorway of the dwelling place of the Lord. So you have to be very specific about that. And then lay hands on the bull. So this is the, the sins are now put on or imputed onto the animal, taking the person's place. Now, I really want you, as I go through this, I, I beg of you, put Christ before you as you listen to this. Just put Christ before you, okay? All right, so laying so when you lay when the priest laid his hands on the bull or was it the priest let me see uh, the one who was bringing the offering so yes so when you lay the hands on the bull now you're saying that this bull and we're just talking about a bull because then uh, there's other animals but in this instance the bull is now taking the place of that person okay so now he's that he's becoming that sacrifice, that sacrifice. All right. Now you kill the bull before the Lord. So that's the death that has to happen. And then the priest, and we talked about that's the requirement. So now the anointed, the anointed priest takes some of the bull's blood, brings into the tent of the meeting, and then the priest dips his finger into the blood. So we talked about how blood is required. And now the shedding of the blood, sprinkling seven times before the Lord in front of the veil of the sanctuary. So we know that behind the veil, that's the holies of holies. So he's, he's sprinkling the blood in front of the veil. Okay. So that, that's one of the requirements, the shedding of the blood. Blood is necessary. Then the priest puts blood on the horn of the altar of fragrant incense before the Lord in the tent of the meeting. Then the remaining blood is poured out at the base of the altar of the burnt offering, um, which is the doorway of the tent of meeting. And then it goes on to say, and we saw that then you had to remove certain things. You had to remove the fat. You had to do certain things with the kidneys. There was all these things, all these rituals that had to be followed for it to be presented before God and accepted to God, right? 
and it had to be offered up in smoke on the altar. And this burnt offering, um, you can read it. Uh, I want to say, uh, where did I see that? I want to say that it might have been in verse four, or verse five. I mean, chapter four or five, where it talks about the burnt offering. The fire on that altar could not go out. They had to exchange the wood every morning. They could not let it go out. And it emphasizes the fire could not go out. So they had to bring this offering and and it had to become a smoke on the altar. And it had to be a sweet and a, sm and a smooth aroma to God. It had to please him. It had to please him. And it had to be done the way that God required it to be done. And so then after that, the priest now makes atonement or reconciliation to God for the sins of the people and they are forgiven. That is the process. That is the sacrificial system for an offering unto God. And so now um, let's let's just take a moment to think about that because now we we talked about and let me go back to, to my point so i don't make sure i'm off so we talked about how the sin is present so we know that god was very specific about uh what sin was to him you could not miss the mark at all it couldn't be like if the target is here and you're here that's not good enough you had to meet every single commandment every single commandment and if you did not then a price had to be paid the penalty a penalty had to be a payment had to be made and the penalty had to be death that was the situation can you imagine us in that time having to every time waking up and gotta gotta do an offering we had to go find it and then you had to go find an animal that was spotless that had no blemish so i'm sure there was a process for them to make sure they had that available you know there was so much that it was it was it was earned you had to earn it there was work there was toil that had to go into it you had to put all your efforts and it had, it wasn't no, I can slack. No, you had to be right on. No laziness. You had to, you had to work for that thing. And not only that, but then the high priest who had to live a certain life had to make sure that he was living holy and living right so that he can go before and offer your sacrifice. And so that he wouldn't die. So all these things had to be in place. Why? So that we can be forgiven. We can be forgiven. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. And, and so why is this important for forgiveness? It's important because in order for you to understand the value of something, you will not truly appreciate it. You have to understand the value of what Christ stepped into and what he did. You have to, because now um, if you don't, then you don't understand how precious and how beautiful it is for us to carry forgiveness in our heart. If you can't see how beautiful and precious it was for Christ to carry our sins 
and to put us in a place where we can be forgiven and in right standing with God. And so um, it's important that we learn and understand the weight of what Christ took on for us. And that's all love, y'all. It's all love. It was all done because of love, by love, through love. And so you can't forgive the way that God requires us to forgive if we don't understand that love was the action that brought forgiveness into our lives. It was love. It was God's love. That's why God told us, um, tells us, and we talked about last month about abiding in him because it's impossible for us to comprehend this forgiveness, this act of forgiveness that Christ did with, unless we are abiding in God's love and unless we go back and see. So Christ agreed to do that for me? Yes, he did. And so I wrote that God is pure and holy and, and now we are required to be pure and holy. But our pure and holiness, and I'm not going to skip ahead, but Christ is what makes us pure and holy not us. See, back in the day, you had to, and as we read, there was this process in place, the shedding of animals and making sure they're the right type of animals and making sure you go to a right particular place. You had to, the only time you can dwell with God and be in his presence was in the, the tent of meetings. That's not, we don't have to do that today you know, and then you had to make sure that the person going before you was right. So you had to find, so you had to put, you know, it pretty much feels like your life is hanging on by somebody else's thread. You know, my goodness, we don't have to do that today. There's so much that, that Christ has done that has made our lives a blessing that has made us being able to go before God and now have this relationship with him. Um, so Christ took on the physical and mental and emotional penalty for our sins. Those animals, I mean, I, you know, oh, that was a lot of bloodshed. That was a lot. And I can't even imagine how it smelled, you know, just, I, I, I can't even cut an animal open. I mean, my gosh, that would have been difficult to do. Um, so if you can wrap your mind around this great love, then now you become available to forgive others. And, and this is why I wanted to take this time today. I wanted to set this foundation with you because, you know, go and study. This Bible study is, yes, for us to study the word together, but it's also for you to take this and you do more study. You you allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the weight of what it what was required for forgiveness. There was so much that was required, and you know, and there were a lot of times that someone sinned and they just dropped dead. There was no sacrificial system in place for that moment. Thank the Lord, you know. But when you think about when you really emphasize how God. He's not changing his standard. His standard has not changed. He still requires us 
to be clean and holy before him. He still requires us to, to follow his commands. He still requires those things. But Christ came and it, it shifted the game for us, not for God. God is still the same God. He still has the wrath. He still has that. But Christ came so that we don't have to experience that wrath. He came so that we can actually enjoy this love and embrace this love and be in the presence of this loving father. He wanted us and God wanted us to be in right standing with him. He wanted that. He wanted us to bring us back that reconciliation. That was the whole point. But our sins had to be forgiven. Our sins is what made us dirty. Our sins is what made us unclean. Our sins was our sins is what disqualified us from even being in the presence of a great and mighty and holy God. It was our sin. And so Christ, who was clean, who was holy, said, I'm going to become that sacrifice. Oh, my goodness. I'm skipping ahead. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up because I act as this is too good to me. Um, Christ died so that I can be forgiven and Christ died so that I can forgive. And this is what we're going to look at this month. We're going to really, um, you know, when you think about when you think about what systems were in place for forgiveness you know, um, and, and what Christ did to change that it can't do anything, but give you a heart of thankfulness. It requires faith though. You have to believe what this word says you have to believe. And when you believe, and when you read it by faith, you can't, but experience humility. You can't, but experience thankfulness. I mean, it brings you to your knees to think about, I'm not worthy. I didn't deserve that. He took my place. When you think about that and to know that I didn't earn it, so why am I requiring others to earn it from me? It's humbling. So this is what we're going to look at this month. We are going to learn to forgive and that's going to require us to go back and to repent, to confess, to receive Christ and to walk in the way that we should be walking because we're understanding what price was paid on our behalf. Okay. So I made it through. I knew I was going to get a little emotional because it's so good. It's just so good. But, um, so yes, next week, we are going to be looking at forgiveness after Christ. And we are really going to look at what he did. And I'm, y'all pray for me because that's going to be, woo, I mean, you, <laughs> it's, it's going to, oh my goodness. When you, when you think about the love of God and you think about Christ and, and his love for us, and it just, it's so beautiful. And it is going to really set us free to forgive and to not hold grudges and to not miss the things that God wants us to, to, to do, you know, we're that freedom of not allowing what someone does to me to hinder me from doing what God requires of me to do. That's freedom. Because we know that we want to please our father more than we want to please our soul and, and please our flesh. We want to make our father proud. We want to see a smile on his face. We want to abide in him more than we want to do anything that is that is gratifying ourselves. And that is a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. So I'm going to wrap this up. So listen. Um, I will be back next week. Make sure you go to the website, www.soulsistergatherings.org. I pray that you have a blessed week and I will see you next week.